Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and you've reached the Book of Mormon Lecture Series. I've been teaching seminary and institute for the last 11 years, and uh, this is an attempt to do a deep dive into the Book of Mormon itself. I'm hoping that you'll find this uplifting and edifying. This is not an official recording of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but every attempt has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. So if you're ready for a deep dive into the Book of Mormon, here we go. Hi, welcome back to the Book of Mormon podcast. This is going to be Alma chapter 26. So now we've had um, anti-Nephi-Lehi's. We've had, uh, they're seeking the deaths of the people of Am Amulon. Uh, Ammon, Aaron, Omner, and Himni have uh, joined back together again. So now let's read, the, read their reunion here. Verse 1. And now these are the words. So this is going to be a missionary report of Ammon to his brethren, which say thus. My brothers and my brethren, behold, I say unto you, how great reason have we to rejoice, for could we have supposed when we started from the land of Zarahemla that God would have granted unto us such great blessings? The Lord is able to bless us with things which exceed our comprehension. We might imagine the greatest of blessings, but he is still capable of exceeding our most excellent expectations. These blessings may be realized in mortality or in the hereafter, but I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Stephen L. Richards said, I think that is a solemn thought for all of us, and I trust that as we ponder it, we shall all decide, as I have reason to believe we will, that we will aspire to the highest ideals, to the loftiest stations attainable with this holy power that God has given to us, if we aspire to attain that exaltation, work for it consciously, serve faithfully, keeping the commandments, our rewards will exceed even our fondest expectations. Of that I am convinced." Verse 2, And now I ask, what great blessings have, has he bestowed upon us? Can ye tell? Behold, I answer for you, for our brethren the Lamanites were in darkness, yea, even in the darkest abyss. But behold, how many of them are brought to behold the marvelous light of God. And this is the blessing which hath been bestowed upon us, that we have been made instruments in the hands of God to bring about this great work. Behold, thousands of them do rejoice and have been brought into the fold of God. Behold, the field was ripe, and, be, and blessed are ye, for ye did thrust in the sickle and did reap with your might. Yea, all the day long did ye labor, and behold the number of your sheaves, and they shall be gathered into the garners that they are not wasted. Yea, they shall not be beaten down by the storm at the last day. Yea, neither shall they be harrowed up by the whirlwinds, but when the storm cometh, they shall be gathered together in their place, that the storm cannot penetrate to them. Yea, neither shall they be driven from with fierce winds, whithersoever the enemy listeth to carry them. But behold, they are in the hands of the, of the Lord of the harvest, and they are his. And he will raise them up at the last day. In other words, they'll be resurrected. Blessed be the name of our God. Let us sing to his praise. Let us, yea, let us give thanks to his holy name, for he doth work righteousness forever. For if we had not come up out of the land of Zarahemla, these are dearly beloved brethren who have so dearly loved us, would still have been racked with hatred against us, yea, and they would have also been strangers to God. And it came to pass that when Ammon had said these words, his brother Aaron rebuked him, saying, Ammon, I fear that thy joy doth carry thee away into boasting. But Ammon said unto him, I do not boast in my own strength, nor in my own wisdom, but behold, my joy is full. Elder Maxwell said, When we reach a point of consecration, our afflictions will be swallowed up in the joy of Christ. It does not mean we, don't, we won't have afflictions, but they will be put in a perspective that permits us to deal with them. With our steady pursuit of joy and with each increasing measure of righteousness, we will experience one more drop of delight, one drop after another, until, it, until, in the words of a prophet, our hearts are brim with joy. At last, the soul's cup finally runs over.
Yea, my heart is brim with joy, and I will rejoice in my God. Elder McConkie said, boasting is of two kinds, either righteous or unrighteous, either in the arm of flesh or in the, in the Lord with his gracious goodness and power. He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord, Paul said in summing up a sermon on boasting. For not he that commendeth himself is approved, but, what, but whom the Lord commendeth. Ammon spoke similarly, I do not boast in my own strength. Boasting in the arm of flesh, one of the commonest of all sins among worldly people, is a gross evil. It is a sin born of pride, a sin that creates a frame of mind which keeps men from turning to the Lord and accepting his saving grace. When a man engages in self-exaltation because of his riches, his political power, his worldly learning, his physical prowess, his business acumen, or even his works of righteousness, he is not in tune with the Spirit of the Lord. Salvation itself comes by the grace of God, not of works. That is not of the performances and outward display of the law, lest any man should boast. As King Benjamin asked, after explaining the goodness of God and the comparative nothingness of men, of what have ye to boast? Even when the righteous glory in the Lord contain certain uh, certain very definite restrictions attend their godly boasting. The elders are to, are to proclaim against evil spirits, but not with a railing accusation that ye be not overcome, neither with boasting nor rejoicing, lest ye be seized therewith. Spiritual gifts are poured out abundantly upon the true saints, but a commandment I give unto them, the Lord says, that they shall not boast themselves of these things, neither speak them before the world, for these things are given unto you for your profit and for salvation. Talk not of judgments, neither boast of faith nor of mighty works. Verse 12, yea, I know that I am nothing. Uh, President Woodruff said, we have no chance to be lifted up in the pride of our hearts with regard to the position we occupy. If the president of the church or either of his counselors or of the apostles or any other man feels in his heart that God cannot do without him and that he is especially important in order to carry on the work of the Lord, he stands upon slippery ground. I heard Joseph Smith say that Oliver Cowdery, who is his second apostle in this church, uh, said to him, if I leave this church, it will fail or it will fall. Said he, Oliver, you try it. Oliver tried it. He fell. But the kingdom of God did not. I have been acquainted with other apostles in my day and time who felt that the Lord could not do without them, but the Lord got along with his work without them. I say to all men, Jew and Gentile, great and small, rich and poor, that the Lord Almighty has power within himself and is not dependent upon any man to carry on his work. But when he does call men to do his work, they have to trust in him. Continuing verse 12, as to my strength, I am weak. Therefore, I will not boast of myself, but I will boast of my God, for in his strength I can do all things. Yea, be, behold, many mighty miracles we have wrought in this land, for which we will praise his name forever. And that's the doctrine of grace. Verse 13, behold, how many thousands of our brethren has he loosed from the pains of hell, and they are brought to sing redeeming love. That's the opposite of the pains of hell. And this because of the power of his word, which is in us. Therefore, we have we not great reason to rejoice. Yea, we have reason to praise him forever, for he is a mighty, he is, a, he is the most high God and has loosed our brethren from the chains of hell. Yea, they were encircled about with everlasting darkness and destruction, but behold, he has brought them into his everlasting light. In other words, the opposite of darkness. Yea, even into everlasting salvation, the opposite of destruction. They are encircled about with the matchless bounty of his love. Yea, and we have been instruments in his hands of doing this great and marvelous work. Therefore, let us glory, yea, we will glory in the Lord, yea, we will rejoice, for our joy is full, yea, we will praise our God forever. Behold, who can glory too much in the Lord? Yea, who can say too much of his great power, and of his mercy, and of his long suffering towards the children of men? Behold, I say unto you, I cannot say the smallest part which I feel. 
Ella Maxwell said, we know more than we can tell. We know a person's face and can recognize it among a thousand, indeed among a million, yet we usually cannot tell how we recognize a face we know. This knowledge cannot be put into words. We do know more than we can tell, but a disciple has an obligation to increase his communication skills in a way that is consistent with the majesty of the message. Since so much of our time is spent communicating, writing, speaking, listening, we naturally assume it is, it is done well. But our performance level is usually poor, and this can reflect a lack of caring about, about the quality of our communication skills. Paul urges disciples to be willing to communicate as an extra responsibility, clearly incumbent on those who, commu who, who are committed. I sure hope that this podcast isn't one of those things that's not very well communicated. Anyway, I have a lot of room to improve, don't I? About some sacred matters we are forbidden even to speak. Verse 17, who could have supposed that our God would have been so merciful as to have, as to have snatched us from our awful, sinful, and polluted state? Behold, we went forth even in wrath with mighty threatenings to destroy his church. Oh, then, why did he not consign us to an awful destruction? Yea, why did he not let the sword of his justice fall upon us and doom us to eternal despair? O oh, my soul, almost as it were, fleeth at the thought. Behold, he did not exercise his justice upon us, even when we deserved it, but in his great mercy hath brought us over that everlasting gulf of death and misery, even to the salvation of our souls. In other words, grace again was extended. Verse 21, And now behold, my brethren, what natural man is there that knoweth these things? Joseph Smith said, there are, are, there are but a very few beings in the world who understand rightly the character of God. The great majority of mankind do not comprehend anything, either that which is past or that which is to come, as it respects their relationship to God. They do not know, neither do they understand the nature of that relationship, and consequently they know but little above the brute beast or more than to eat, drink, and sleep. This is all man knows about God or his existence, unless it is given by the inspiration of the Almighty. If a man learns nothing more than to eat, drink, and sleep, and does not comprehend any of the designs of God, the beast comprehends the same things. It eats, drinks, sleeps, and knows nothing more about God. Yet it knows as much as we, unless we are able to comprehend by the inspiration of Almighty God. If men do not comprehend the character of God, they do not comprehend themselves. Continuing verse 21, I say unto you, there is none that knoweth these things, save it be the penitent. Yea, and he, he that repenteth and exerciseth faith, and bringeth forth good works, and prayeth continually without ceasing, unto such it is given to know the mysteries of God. Yea, unto such it shall be given to reveal things which never have been revealed. Yea, and it shall be given unto such to bring thousands of souls to repentance, even as it has been given unto us to bring these, our brethren, to repentance." Now, do you remember, my brethren, that we said unto our brethren in the land of Zarahemla, we go up to the land of Nephi to preach unto our brethren, the Lamanites, and they laughed us to scorn. For they said unto us, do ye suppose that ye can bring the Lamanites to the knowledge of the truth? Do ye suppose that, we can, that ye can convince the Lamanites of the incorrectness of the tradition of their fathers, as stiff-necked a people as they are, whose hearts delight in the shedding of blood, whose days have been spent in the grossest iniquity, whose ways have been the ways of a transgressor from the beginning? Now, my brethren, ye remember that this was their language. And moreover, they did say, let us take up arms against them, that we destroy them and their iniquity out of the land, lest they overrun us and destroy us. But behold, my beloved brethren, we came into the wilderness, not with the intent to destroy our brethren, but with the intent that perhaps we might save some few souls, some few of their souls. So we can see the virtue of missionary work, can't you? That it's a whole lot better than trying to fight them and conquer them. Now when our hearts were depressed and we were about to turn back, behold, the Lord 
comforted us and said, Go amongst thy brethren the Lamanites and bear with patience thine afflictions, and I will give unto you success. President Benson said, There are times when you simply have to righteously hang on and outlast the devil until his depressive spirit leaves you. As the Lord told the prophet Joseph Smith, thine adversity and thine affliction shall be but a small moment. And then if you endure it well, God shall exalt thee on high. To press on in noble endeavors, even while surrounded by a cloud of depression, will eventually bring you out on top into the sunshine. Verse 28, And now behold, we have come and been forth among among them, and we have been patient in our sufferings, and we have suffered many, or have suffered every privation. Yea, we have traveled from house to house, relying upon the mercies of the world, not upon the mercies of the world alone, but upon the mercies of God. And we have entered into their houses and taught them, and we have taught them in their streets. Yea, and we have taught them upon their hills, and we have also entered into their temples and their synagogues and taught them. And we have been cast out and mocked and spit upon and smote upon our cheeks. And we have been stoned and taken and bound with strong cords and cast into prison. And through the power and wisdom of God, we have been delivered again. And we have suffered all manner of afflictions and all this, that perhaps we might be the means of saving some soul. And we suppose that our joy would be full if perhaps we could be the means of saving some. Now behold, we can look forth and see the fruits of our labors, and are they few? I say unto you, Nay, they are many. Yea, and we can witness of their sincerity because of their love towards their brethren and also towards us. For behold, they have they had rather sacrificed their lives than even to take the life of their enemy. And they have buried their weapons of war deep in the earth because of their love towards their brethren. And now behold, I say unto you, has there been so great love in all the land? Behold, I say unto you, nay, there has not, even among the Nephites. For behold, they would take up arms against their brethren. They would not suffer themselves to be slain. But behold, now how many of these have laid down their lives? And we know that they have gone to their God because of their love and of their hatred to sin. Now... Have we not reason to rejoice? Yea, I say unto you, there never were men that had so great reason to rejoice as we, since the world began. Yea, and my joy is carried away, even unto boasting in my God, for he is all power, all wisdom, and all understanding. Unless God has power over all things, and was able by his power to control all things, and thereby deliver his creatures who put their trust in him from the power of all beings that might seek their destruction, whether in heaven, on earth, or in hell, men could not be saved. That was by Joseph Smith. Continuing 35, he comprehendeth all things, and he is a merciful being. Mercy is not showered promiscuously upon mankind, except in the general sense that it is manifest in the creation and peopling of the earth, and in the granting of immortality to all men as a free gift. That was Elder McConkie. Millet and McConkie say, rather, mercy is granted because of the grace, love, and condescension of God, as it is with all blessings to those who comply with the law upon which its receipt is predicated. That law is the law of righteousness. Those who sow righteousness shall reap mercy. Those There is no promise of mercy to the wicked. Rather, as stated in the Ten Commandments, the Lord promises to show mercy unto thousands of them that love him and keep his commandments, even unto salvation to those who will repent and believe on his name. Now, if this is boasting, even so will I boast, for this is my life and my light, my joy and my salvation, and my redemption from everlasting woe. Yea, blessed is the name of my God, who has been mindful of, the, of this people, who are a branch of the tree of Israel. It appears that Ammon was familiar with the writing of Jacob, or Zenos, and the allegory of the olive tree. Continuing verse 36, and has been lost from its body... In a, uh, in a strange land. Yea, I say, blessed be the name of my God who has been mindful of us wanderers in a strange land. References to the Lamanites who lost the knowledge of their rightful inheritance through wickedness and rebellion. 
This is the same sense in which the tribes of Israel are lost in our day, not in the sense that they are hidden in some unknown place trying to find their way back, but rather that they have become temporarily lost as to their identity, and thus as to their place in the master's fold. They await the shepherds he sends to search them out from among the nations of the earth. Hugh Nibley said, The Nephites never ceased to think of themselves in those melancholy terms. Five hundred years after Jacob, Alma could write that his people were both blessed and sorrowful in their wandering state. Because of their isolation, he says, God gives them special revelation and glad tidings are made known to us in plain terms that we may understand that we cannot err, and this because of our being wanderers in a strange land. Therefore, we are thus highly favored. God he, God, he says, has been mindful of this people who are a branch of the tree of Israel and has been lost from its body in a strange land. Yea, I say, blessed be the name of my God who has been mindful of us wanderers in a strange land. Verse 37. Now, my brethren, we see that God is mindful of every people. There are none to whom the gospel will not go, whether it be in this life or in the next. There are none who cannot obtain the assurance of salvation through obedience to the laws and ordinances of the gospel. There are none for whom the, the atonement of Christ does not bring an everlasting restoration of body and spirit. None who through worthiness cannot obtain all that the Father has. A theology that promised less would be unworthy of our allegiance, unworthy of our God. That was by Millet McConkie. Whatsoever land they may be in, Hugh Nibley said, it is, it is convenient to imagine all the righteous in one camp and the wicked in another. And this has been the usual and, and comfortable interpretation of the Book of Mormon. It is the good guys versus the bad guys. But this is exactly what the Book of Mormon tells us to avoid. God plays no favorites. Nephi rebukes his brothers for believing that because they are Jews, they are righteous. God does not judge by party. He tells them a good man is good and a bad one is bad according to his own behavior. Behold, the Lord esteemeth all flesh in one. He that is righteous is favored of God. Family and race and nationality account for nothing. God is mindful of every people, whatsoever land they may be in. Yea, he numbereth his people. He numbers them as his own, not as being on one side or the other of a, of a boundary. The Lord doth grant unto all nations to teach his word, all that he seeth fit that they should have. Now, continuing this last verse, Yea, he numbereth his people, and his bowels of mercy are over all the earth. And now this is my joy and my great thanksgiving, yea, and I will give thanks unto my, unto my God forever. Amen. Uh, so that's the end of uh, Ammon's little discourse to his brothers here as we as we work on this uh, missionary report that it is, that is happening here with chapter 26. I bear testimony of the truth of the gospel and of Jesus Christ as our Savior. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.